Oh, he hit my dad's car. That was funny to me. Hitting your dad. It was a scratch this big. He he just. He backed into my dad's car. I did back into I his car. I was like, oh, it might be over. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this was in the beginning. I don't know. I know who my dad is. Yeah, right. Back. What the? Back and right he into ran his out car. there. I was like, oh, it yeah. might be over. But he was really cool, calm, collected. He was like, you know what? It's, you know, it's okay. It's okay. Good thing I got his shirts. Because it wasn't that bad, for God's sake. That's why. <laughs> it was funny to me. But yeah, it was a little nervous because I, I not remember pulling out, you know, backing up into his car. That was crazy. I, I could have sworn I put it in drive. <laughs> but that happens. <laughs> Our stories are what make us unique, but they're also what connect us as human beings. It's time to stop talking and start listening. This is You Talk, I'll Listen with Shannon Chapman. February is the month of love and Black History Month, so it only makes sense to spotlight Black love on this week's episode. It's the second month of the year, and this is a double episode. What you're about to hear is two conversations I had with two couples, newlyweds, Josh and Renisha, which I call the rookies, and Marcus and Cordia, a couple who have been married for 41 years, the veterans, which also happen to be my parents. I asked each couple the same questions so I could see if their responses and perspectives were different. The rookies are up first, and then you'll hear from the veterans. I'm Renisha Hodges. Oh, I'm Josh Hodges. I'm 26. He, I'm, I'm sorry. Wow, I'm 27 now. Crazy. He's 26. Yes. And we dated for two years before the proposal, and then we got married. 2016, we started dating, and 2018 is when he proposed, and 2020 is when we got married. So how long have you guys been married? It's going on six months now. Newlyweds. Yeah, new, newlyweds. New, 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 new. Yeah, new, new. <laughs> how did you guys meet? Um, well, we were just friends in high school, a group of us. Um, then we were well, part of our ways. We went to college and everything. She came back in town. You know, I slid in the DMs. I was like, you know, let's go grab some coffee. You know, even though I didn't drink a lick of coffee, but, you know, I figured she did. So she said, yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. We didn't go get any coffee. She didn't drink <laughs> coffee either. But I was like, yeah. But we end up going to see a movie. <laughs> What do you remember most about your first date? I remember you picking me up. I just feel like he was like the perfect gentleman from the very first date. We went on like the most common date, you know, movies, dinner first and then movies. I think we went to Longhorn Steakhouse. I don't know what movie we went to, but, you know, it was it was nice. I got a little wine and nine. Well, the wine was a double shot of Henny. Yeah. I had a little Hennessy in the movie theater, but, you know, they have that now. You can eat and drink. That's fine. That's what I remember most, and I don't think we kissed. No. I probably wanted to give you a little peck on your cheek, but I was like, give it a few more months. 
How did you know your spouse was the one? Well, uh, there was this time when I don't know about two years ago, before we got married and everything. So we were just sitting in the car having a conversation and everything. And then out the blue, she was like, you know, I noticed that you stress out by paying for everything. I don't know. Basically, it's a goal that we was trying to look forward to getting to and seeing that I was being stressed out about trying to reach those goals. And it felt like I was alone with it. But she kind of helped me realize that we could do it together. And then I'm like, okay, all right. Well, if you have that type of mindset, then yeah, maybe we can do this. And then after that, I was like, okay, I feel like I can see myself with it. Keep some money in your pocket. I mean, like we can reach our goal. So, you know, that's what all I was about is we have to be on the same page. I pretty much knew from the start. It was just a totally different experience than what I've been used to. Joshua, like, he included me in all of his daily plans and his monthly plans. Like, I was just included in everything. Like, he'll tell me what he's doing today or in the future, you know, for the next week. And I will somehow be included in all of his future endeavors, everything. I also noticed different characteristics in him. Like, he's caring. He still is. He's a provider and he's a protector. So those three characteristics... Um, I knew from the jump, and that's how I knew he was so fine. Oh, and a great communicator. If you had to describe your relationship in one word, what would it be and why? Honestly, I, I would say our relationship to me is inspiring. Inspiring for me and inspiring for others. For me, it's because I've seen a relationship all my life, like a family type of relationship. And I always inspired to do that. And I've seen that inspiration and that goal with Nina and everything. It's been more eyes on us, it seems like. Like, I'm not trying to boast or anything, but it seems like it's more attention on us. And yeah, since we got married and everything, and it's like people are coming to us to to just asking us questions or just trying to figure it out. And it's like, we trying to figure it out <laughs> at the same time. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, I guess we're inspiring people without even trying to, but we're noticing because we're just trying to get our own lives together. I would say passionate. I feel like we think of each other all day, all the time. I feel like we need to be around each other and loving on each other in whatever ways that we can. What is the one thing that your spouse does that gets on your last nerve? Joshua, he's a morning person, okay? And he goes to bed early, like very early. Like if he can go to bed at 8, 8 p.m., he would, or 7 p.m., okay? That's just when I'm getting the party started. So he goes to bed early, gets up early. I go to bed late, and I still have to get up early. So I'm not a morning person. And so Joshua likes to talk a lot in the morning, which really, 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 really gets on my nerves. But we're working on that. I don't talk to you no more in a morning time. I just let you be. Yeah, he lets me be. You know, he gives me a good 30 minutes to an hour. He reads my vibe. So I appreciate that. But, you know, what's yours? Nothing? Next question. No. No. (laughs) When... You miss the whole garbage can. You just stuff it down the side of the garbage can instead of making it in a bag. It's the plastic, it's the side of the garbage can, and it's like you stuff the food in between. I just wanted to go <laughs> to the garbage can. That's all I want to go to the garbage can. Don't miss the garbage can. That's all. What aspect of your relationship makes you the happiest? Um, I think the fact that we're both determined and sticking to our roles in the marriage. 
So like, for example, a role is Joshua is very forgiving. He doesn't hold any grudges, maybe for a few minutes. And then immediately he'll forgive or at least say, you know, he's sorry. He leads, he protects, and he he provides. So that's what makes me happy, is that we're both determined. For me, I'm determined to continue to respect my husband and help him in whichever way I can. That was a good answer. Good answer, girl. I like that. What is your favorite memory of being together? I would say not one memory. Uh, It's always multiple far as to me is every travel memory because I'm a travel person like since I was young we've traveled to all different states you know everywhere and so that's my goal is just to travel the world every state uh hit up every country that I can every time we go to a, a different state or just do different things in a different state that's just a memory that I enjoy because that's just a new adventure that we can you know have I would say that too. Vacationing and just something simple I thought about today is when we use when we used to live in the suburbs, we live in the city now. But there was like this lake, this beautiful uh-huh. lake over by his house that he used to take me to. And we would just like sit in the car and chill and, you know, talk over our goals and our, we would just Yeah. It would be a good vibe. I miss that. Can't get that in the city. Has there been a moment in your relationship where your spouse really helped you through something? There is no story. I just feel like Joshua helps all the time. You know, I think the one that I can think of or remember is um, the fact that he helped me get out of my parents' house. Like That was very helpful, which was the goal, you know, coming back from college. So, you know, once I told him that we stuck to that, we made sure we got out of my parents' house. Okay, you help me all the time, especially when we're out, because I won't speak up. You know, if my food is wrong at the restaurant, I'm not going to speak up, but he will. He can read it on my face. If my drink isn't right, he's going to speak up for me, you know. So I notice those those ways. Just to calm down sometimes when I'm anxious, I say when I'm really anxious to like do something to make a move or something like that. Like, I want to move fast, but, you know, I have to settle down. She helps me settle down. I say, like, that really helps me settle down and try to take a couple of breaths and, like, you know, slow down. You know, it's going to be there. Don't go crazy. Bring it back to reality. Yeah, because I'll be be wanting to make certain moves and everything towards different stuff. Whatever it is, it's just, like, slow down. So, yeah, I I feel like slowing down (laughs) is a big help factor. Have you seen your spouse change since you've been married? No. And I think that's part, partly because we just got married, you know? So what I got in the relationship is what I'm getting right now in the marriage times 10. That's a good thing. So I haven't noticed any changes. Have you? No, not yet. I feel like marriage is too young. Yeah, not yet, Shannon. Hopefully not ever, but I understand we all evolve and change. Good change. Good change got to come, you know? What does love mean to you? Um, It's interesting because my perspective of love has changed over time. You know, when you're younger, as a teenager, you're thinking of fairy tales and this person has to be exactly like you and, you know, what you want, like you like. You have to get butterflies every time you see them. And of course, you find out when you get older, that's just not it. But when you find the right person, or when I found the right person, I figured out that love is absolutely 
a choice. Um, just like you have to choose to love yourself, you have to choose to love your spouse. Just like you choose to take care of yourself, you have to choose to take care of your spouse. And that's still another form of love. Yeah, you choose to love that person because you know that you can count on them just like they can count on you. Well, to piggyback on that a little bit, I feel like love is a choice, but also um, a sacrifice. I don't mean as in a bad way, you know, because sacrificing something could be something great at the end, you know, because it needs Mm -hmm. to be let go. Or certain things in love, you have to sacrifice, like, basically for yourself. You know, some things you have to let go and some things you just have to evolve and grow from it. And that's the only way to do it is to let go of certain things and sacrifice whatever you used to like to do or just anything, period, that doesn't line up with what you have or what you guys have in mind. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like it's a choice and a strong sacrifice. And like I said, it could be a good sacrifice or a bad sacrifice, you know, because you could also marry someone that's not so good for you. You know, you never know. I'm not saying that in this case, but I'm saying, (laughs) but I'm saying, you know, it could be a sacrifice, you know, a good and a bad, but in our case, it's good. So funniest story you guys have. We have so many. Oh, my goodness. Uh, when we me? first got the dog okay. and we came home and he chewed up all of our heels. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a dog. Well, it was a puppy at the time. Yeah. This is when we lived in Indiana. Yeah, we lived in Maryville, Indiana. We had a, a dog named Carson. We still do. He's, he lived with our parents and everything. Well, with my His parents. Parents. She's super alert to him. Unfortunately. She, yeah. But he was, you know. Probably about five months old. And I yeah. came home from work. Yeah. And he had gotten out of the crate, of course. I turn on the light <laughs> and I see all of my clothes, my shoes spread out in the family room. None of Joshua's, by the way. I go in the closet. None of his stuff is touched. Nothing. I go to all of my heels that I have on the floor and he bit off like the actual heel part. None of the gym shoes, really. He just dragged those around. But the heel of all of my heels, he chewed off. Mm-hmm. He liked the taste of it. Taste of them heels. I just didn't know. And then he took the garbage can and he dragged all the garbage around the house. I know it sounds bad, but it was funny at the time. <laughs> was it funny? Thinking back on it, it's funny. Oh, yeah, it was funny. And Joshua too. came home like, oh, man, that sucks. It was my stuff. <laughs> All we do is really laugh. I mean, what are you gonna do? No, that dog. He we was, love dogs, so it's like. Yeah, he was a lot. He was a handful, but he was cool. Oh, he hit my yeah. desk car. That was funny to me. Hitting your desk. It was a scratch this big. He he just. He backed into my desk car. I did back into. I was his like, car. oh, it might be over. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this was in the beginning. I don't know. I know who my dad is. Yeah. Right. Back. What the? Back he right in his car. Oh, it yeah. might be over. But he was really cool, calm, collected. He was like, you know what? It's, you know, it's okay. it's okay. Good thing I got insurance. Because it wasn't that bad, for God's sake. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny to me. But uh, yeah, it was a little nervous because I, I not remember, you know, backing up into his car. That was crazy. I, th- I could have sworn I put it in drive. <laughs> but that happens. <laughs> what is the best piece of marriage advice you guys got? Don't listen to nobody. Yeah. Be mindful of who you listen to. Trying to expand on that. But I feel like that pretty much sums it up. Of course, keep your business your business. Keep our business our business. Yeah. 
keep everything inside between you two. That's the strongest piece of information you get right there. What is your relationship like with your in-laws? I would say a blessing <laughs> for me. What are you laughing at? Mm-hmm. A blessing, honestly. Like, I love his mother and father. They treat me like I'm their daughter that they never had. Joshua's the only child, so I'm like a daughter to them. Um, yeah, I was just blessed with a great mother-in-law. She's always someone I can turn to, talk to. It seems like we like the same thing as far as fashion and, I guess, home design. and It really is a blessing, Shannon. Uh, honestly, yeah, I, I feel like we have a good set of uh, in-laws, you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> because from all the shows we watch, it seems like it's always some, some things going down right. with the drama. in-laws, some type of drama. but. You know, we really we don't have any drama with our in laws. We don't have none at all. Everybody is cool, collected on their own thing, and they respect our space and our relationship and everything, sure. and respect each other. You know, so and I'm pretty sure if Mr. Chapman had a problem, he would have let me know. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So you know, That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Were you scared when you first met Uncle Ron? Uh, honestly, no. Joshua's not scared. That's one uh, thing that was attractive about yeah, you. You weren't scared of my dad. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't, people don't intimidate me. It is what it is. You're going to like me. You're going to take me for who I am. And that's mm-hmm. all I can get you. All right. Last question. Where do you guys see yourselves in 10 years? 10 years, I see two or three kids. Woo! Uh, and working on building a forever home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I want to. I want to build our home from ground up. Yeah, when the kids is like two, four. Three, I mean, four, like six. yeah, you know, at a decent little age. After yeah, two and up, you know. Now we need to start working on the house. So I feel like yeah, because I want to build it from ground up. So I feel like that's ten year ago right there. That's a good goal. Yeah, thirty seven. Hey, almost forty. Woo. That's pretty. That's a good goal. But yeah, I would say what you think. Still choosing to love each other in ten years from now, right? In the midst of all of that, yeah. our homes and kids, right? And having our health, right? Yeah, we'll be thirty-seven. I mean, that's not old at all. Y'all don't know how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I said. Thirty-eight. Okay, yeah, you're. Or I'm about to be 38. I'm 37, but my birthday is this month. You still look like you're in your 20s, Sam. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Just to be healthy, healthy, and loving each other. Stay tuned for part two. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. 
It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And guess what? It's free. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That time that you came with your hair, that was back in the time when they had the Jerry Curls. (laughs) He went to the barbershop and was supposed to be getting a, a Jerry Curl, S Curl something. And he came home and his hairline was way up in the back. And he, <laughs> he had like one curl, no curl. And he walked in the door and I said, what did you do to your hair? I told him, it's supposed to be an S curl. I said, that ain't no kind of curl. You just need to get your hair cut all off. That was so funny, though. <laughs> Our stories are what make us unique, but they're also what connect us as human beings. It's time to stop talking and start listening. This is You Talk, I'll Listen with Shannon Chapman. I'm Cordia Aline Bond Starling. You don't have to say your whole name, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) Just in case anybody... Listen, that knew me before I was married. I'm Marcus Starling, Shannon's dad. Mom and dad, how long did you date before you got married? Nine months. Nine months. And how long have you been married? 41 years. How did you meet? I was playing basketball in the PE building at the University of Tennessee. Uh, The football players were playing against the basketball team, and we had played about five games. And after the fifth game, we all walked outside to cool off. And we were all sitting on the pavement outside in the benches. And I looked up and saw this young girl walking down the street. And uh, some of the, my football team guys, they looked at me and said, who is that? And I said, I- I've never seen her before. And they said the same thing. And I said, well, she's pretty. Uh, I said, I'm going to go up and say hello to her. So I walked to the end of the street, and as she came by, I said, hi, how are you? And to my surprise, she turned her nose up and kept walking. See, he tells that story, and I do not remember it. I guess the first time I remember actually meeting him was through my roommate in college. Uh, He and her had gotten to be friends, and I just kind of met him through her where we actually had a conversation or anything of that nature. Yeah, because we used to go out to the park a lot, and her roommate, Kira, and Cordia came to the park to meet me and one of my roommates, Mike Hughes. What do you remember most about your first date? I don't know that we really had a first date either. I guess um, what I remember first off was when he had a football game one time and his parents came into town and he invited me and Kira to meet his parents. And that's not really a date, but that was kind of like the first time that I felt like I kind of got to know him and that I felt something for him. We used to go to a pizza place called Stefano's and have pizza on the weekend. And that was the first time I had come across a uh, young lady who said, you can't pay the bill. You have to let me pay half of it. I'm not going to let you pay the whole bill. So 
that was my first issue I had. We must be getting old and get some Alzheimer's. <laughs> I don't remember none of that stuff. <laughs> I don't remember that. A first date, and we went to Stefano's, and I said, you pay. I don't remember none of that. I remember going to Stefano's, but we were well dating and married. I mean, probably married by that time. But I don't remember none of that. Wow. <laughs> well, it has been over 41 years. <laughs> right, right. How did you know that your spouse was the one? Well, after dating and having a lot of the same dreams and, and hopes in life, things just kind of jailed. And I knew she was sweet. I knew she was caring and also trustworthy. And that's sort of what, what you were looking for uh, in a spouse. And it was my senior year. And at that point, I had done all the dating that I wanted to do. And so I had kind of made it up in my mind. All right, it's. I think it's time to look for a soulmate. For me, I guess it just felt good in my spirit and my soul, and I just go with those kinds of things. It just felt like that was the right person and the right thing to do is to be married to him. Because from all your experiences that you've had dating, you know the difference in what you have or what you had then and what you have now. That's a big difference. If you had to describe your relationship in one word, what would it be and why? I would say committed, consistent. I know I'm saying it in more than one word, but it's just that we have been committed to one another. It hadn't been easy all the time. Um, we've had good times. We've had bad times. We've, um, you know, marriage is kind of like that. It's up and down. There's some really chilly days sometimes, but um, through it all, we've endured. And I think more than anything, we've been committed to the marriage and each other, no matter how hard it was, no matter how bad sometimes maybe it felt, we were still committed to being married. And I think that that's one of the things missing nowadays. A lot of people have grown up where they didn't really see um, a, a marriage you know, there are a lot of people that come from single homes, single moms or single dad homes or whatever, and they really never see a marriage and they never see the ups and downs and the commitment and that kind of thing. So when they get married, they just kind of don't know what it's like. And when it's difficult, then it's like, I thought it's supposed to be like it's on TV. You live happily ever after. And um, because they're not living in that happily ever after, per se, they feel like it's something wrong. Then they married the wrong person or, you know, this isn't worth it and all of that kind of stuff. So they quit. But you got to kind of hang in there to get the benefits and reap the benefits and to grow and mature in your marriage. So if you don't give it that chance and every time there's a blow up, a misunderstanding, and you want to walk out, you know, you miss out on that. And you're never probably going to ever find a perfect person that's going to meet every expectation and all of that kind of thing, too. And if you're walking out of a marriage thinking, well, I, I know somebody's out there better than this, uh, it probably goes into the same cycle again. So that's why I would just say it's committed. 
consistent. Marriage is a job. A lot of people don't look at it that way, but it is. You have to put in as much work in your marriage as you do your job or more. There are so many instances and so many circumstances that you have to deal with in a marriage that it makes it hard sometimes, similar to a job. But if you're going to make it work, you have to make up your mind that you're in it for the long haul. I used to tell my wife a joke. I told her after the first 15 years, I was going to decide whether I wanted to stay or not. And so she used to laugh about that. But uh, now we're at the 41-year mark and uh, still going. And we have grandchildren and, and people that look up to us, and we want to make a life for them and help them and so they get a good start in life. So it's it's not just a marriage because it blossoms off into your family, your children, your grandchildren, and it's a big deal. Mom, what's the one thing that Dad does that gets on your last nerve? Like going after me and picking up after things, closing doors. I was like, I'm not even through with the refrigerator yet. Why you close the door? I know that's in the floor. I'm going to sweep that up. Give me a chance to sweep it up. I'm going to wipe the table off. Give me a chance to wipe the table. He'd be going behind me doing stuff before I'm even ready. Dad, what's one thing that Mom does that gets on your last nerve? Smacks when she eats. What aspect of your relationship makes you the happiest and why? For me, it's just to see all that we've accomplished together, uh, the fruits of our union, my beautiful daughters, my beautiful special grandchildren. I'm always saying how thankful I am for them and uh, how beautiful they are and how blessed I am to have that. Um, What we've accomplished together, whether it be careers or material things, although that's not the most important thing, but we have accomplished a whole lot together. I just like to, the fruits of our labor, I guess, that I smile about. For, for me, I'm a goal setter, and seeing us make goals and set goals high and reach them for the betterment of the family is my joy. And seeing all those things come to fruition and then continue to set new goals each year and accomplish those goals. And so that brings a lot of happiness. And I would just say, too, that I always thank God every day that he has blessed us exceedingly and abundantly more than I could ever ask or think. I say that in all aspects of our life. So I just thank him. He provides the basic and then so much more and That, to me, is the greatest blessing. What is your favorite memory of being together? I think for me it's traveling to um, different places, places we've never thought we would go to. Uh, Any trip that was international, like the Bahamas, Jamaica, Spain, Spain, Paris. London. um, Africa. Africa. We've been to Africa. That was the high point. Africa. Okay, uh, but Holland and, you know, traveling together has been kind of the greatest thing. We've been a lot of places, and I want to go many more. Has there been a moment in your relationship where your spouse really helped you through something? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. 2011, doctor called me after a physical and told me I had cancer. And if I didn't have her tough 
pull out? Um, I can think of several occasions. One is both of my parents are deceased, and uh, you know, Mark was there when each one of them passed, and helping me to go through that. But even something that's just insignificant, maybe to most people. I was thinking about this the other day. One time, I was in a, a car wreck, and um, you know how you get out the car, and the police comes, and he talks to both people. Well, this guy was involved in the car wreck, and he kept mouthing off and just kind of being uh, aggressive and that kind of thing towards me. And Mark came up, and, you know, he was nice because the policeman was there, but the policeman wasn't doing anything as far as telling the guy to hush or, you know, whatever. And Mark just kind of finally said, you say one more thing. And he just looked at the guy. He said, you're going to respect my wife. And the guy, like, he just hushed. <laughs> he didn't say another word after that. And that just made me feel really protected, the strength of Mark in that situation. And uh, I was thinking of another one, too, where we were at, it was a basketball game or something, a professional ball game or something. Mark got up to go and get something to eat, and this guy just came and got in his seat. We had really good seats. And I was telling the guy that, you know, that's somebody's seat. And he just looked at me like I was crazy. It's like, well, it's mine now. And I said, he's coming back. That's somebody's seat. And he just ignored me. And then Mark came and just kind of looked at him. And he like, he didn't say a word. He just got up and left. So that always just made me feel, like I said, really protected and um Seeing the strength of my husband always made me feel really good. Well, Daddy's kind of intimidating, <laughs> being so big <laughs> and tall. Have you seen your spouse change since you've been married? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> She's getting more stubborn. And I would call that just getting more to me so and feeling free to be who I am and to grow in who I want to be an evolve in that, kind of standing up for myself more. What would you say about Daddy? I don't know that I can speak for him that much. Um, I was, I've been moody all my life. <laughs> so go ahead and say he's moody. She said, have you changed? So that's not <laughs> changing. That's staying, yeah, he's still moody. But I think um, when we used to argue or whatever, he would just say whatever he wanted to say and say really mean things. And, you know, through the years, I would tell him, you know, you can't just in the heat of an argument just say all kind of mean things. Even though we will make up, and you might apologize, what you say sticks, and I remember. And I would tell him, I was like, I know you, and I know what I could say to hurt you to the nth degree, but I don't do that because I know that I would have to live with that. So that was one of the things that I have seen him change in that. He, he doesn't do that so much anymore. But, you know, that used to be a big source because he'd just get mad and say all kind of stuff, you know. He still has to get in the last word. I'm growing in that. I don't so much anymore. What does love mean to you? To me, it means letting a person be free to be who they are and not trying to change them and loving them regardless, unconditionally, 
uh, also wanting to see the best for them, to see them grow, whatever that may be in whatever way, uh, and supporting that. Caring and supporting your spouse, taking care of all the needs uh, as a spouse should, pretty much inside the house and outside the house, taking care of needs. So that's that's been a big thing that I think as a husband you should do. What is the funniest story you guys have? The funniest one to me was, I got a whole bunch of them, but anyway... <laughs> Was I remember when we first got married, and we were married really young, so I think I was 21, and Mark probably was 23. So, um, and Mark was still in school, and um, I was working, but I, I'm just saying that we lived in an apartment, um, and those first years were really rough because, you know, we basically just got married out of college, so I hadn't really lived on my own. And I was far away from my parents. So sometimes it was just rough. We were just trying to grow up probably mature as individuals and then being married and then, like, being really poor (laughs) and struggling. So sometimes we would get in some arguments, some heated arguments. And I know uh, many a time if I could have gone home, I would have, but I didn't have anywhere to go, so we had to stay you know, we had to work it out. But one time we had just been arguing all weekend and all, you know, I was like tired. So I still had friends that uh, that lived on campus. And one of my friends, I just like called her up and I was like, I just need a break. You know, I'm just going to come and spend the night at, at in the dorm room. Uh, that was Camille too. <laughs> and uh, she's like, well, okay, come on. I was like, I just got to get out of this apartment. And I was not really mad or whatever. I just kind of needed to, some space, you know. And I just told Mark, I was like, look, look, Mark, I'm just tired of arguing and stuff. I'm going to go to Camille's and I'm just going to spend the night and I'll be back in the morning or whatever. And he wouldn't let me leave. So I was like, okay. So I just went to bed, you know. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not arguing anymore, though. I'm tired. And I got up the next morning, and he was asleep by the door. He wasn't going to let me leave the house. (laughs) And I just cracked up laughing, like, really? you just going to sleep by the door? I wasn't. I was coming back. No, you're not going to leave me. I was like, please, I wasn't leaving you. I was just taking a break. But that's one of the fun. You want another one? That time that you came with your hair, that was back in the time when they had the Jerry Curls. <laughs> he went to the barber shop and was supposed to be getting a, a Jerry Curl, S Curl something. And he came home and his hairline was way up in the back and he, he had like one curl, no curl. And he walked in the door and I said, what did you do to your hair? I told him, it's supposed to be an S curl. I said, that ain't no kind of curl. You just need to get your hair cut all off. That was so funny though. I think you were like a newborn, a little baby. Mad. Because <laughs> the chemical he put on my head was burning my scalp and it wouldn't stop burning. And he had cut my hairline up so high in the back that uh, I just shaved it all off. Yeah, it was supposed to be like they had a shag or whatever back in the it, day. It was an S curl. But I'm talking about the up in the back kind of thing, like yeah. a shag. 
uh, they used to have a, a style, hairstyle called something like that. And Daddy was trying to get a shag and an S-curl, so. Well, for your mom, she gets mad about it, but it's the, it was funny. <laughs> it was funny when it happened. She came over to my apartment. I lived in an apartment oh, I know. on campus, off campus, when uh, we were at, at in college. And she came over to see me, and it snowed. And when she got ready to go, the steps leading from my apartment were iced over. And I kept telling her, be careful, hold on to the rail. Don't try to go too fast. You know, I'll help you. No, no, I'm going, I'll go down by myself. She started down the steps and, and stepped on about three steps down. And then she slid down all the rest of the steps. Boom, 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 boom. All the way down to the end of the steps. <laughs> and she laid down there and looked up at me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I thought you were going to tell another story. About that time I was trying to be uh, sexy or whatever. Oh, and <laughs> oh, yeah, that that was funny, yeah. When we got married, we were married, and, and my wife was trying to uh, show me some love and be special. And uh, so she bought <laughs> she bought a negligee. A teddy. A, a, a teddy, she calls it. <laughs> and because she is short in statue... The, the negligee at the bottom, it was hanging down almost to her knees, <laughs> and it, it didn't fit at all. So I, I laughed, but she got she got mad. She was mad, really mad, because she said, I tried to do this for you, and look what I get. She looked like she had on a sweatshirt, an oversized sweatshirt. Yeah, I got that thing about steps. You remember that time in Tunnel Hill where I... It snowed, and I yeah. fell down the steps and knocked all y'all down. <laughs> we were going somewhere. She yeah, failed. it was well, it was like snow or something. Yeah, but was, I know was, y'all were at the end of the steps, and I was coming down, and I slid down and knocked you and Mallory down. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah in the snow. Yeah. yeah, you slid down all the steps from our front so door. I got something with steps. Mm. I don't know what that is. What piece of marriage advice did you get that you think was like the best piece of advice? I think that, um, again, I got to go back to Kira and her mom and dad. They were like a pseudo mom and dad to me while we were in Knoxville, while I was in Knoxville. And when Mark and I first got married, you know, I was into the thing about it's supposed to be, you know, happily ever after. Which was unrealistic. I know, but, you know, you don't know that. You just think you get married and it's just going to be fun and happy all the time. You're with this special person that you love so much. And like I said, those first two years were terrible. I mean, not terrible, but they were just hard. It was an adjustment. And um, so I kind of was thinking that something might be wrong since it's so hard. I was like, is it supposed to be this hard? Um, And... I remember one time just kind of going over there, Mark and I were just kind of having a hard time and just kind of talking with them. And they had been married for a long time. And they would just say, you know, it is hard. It's it's like that. That's an adjustment. And sometimes they could give us perspective that after you thought about it, um, then you said, okay, well, okay, well, this is kind of normal. It's nothing wrong with us and our marriage. We're just learning each other and trying to learn our roles in the marriage, and sometimes we conflict. 
but that's okay. And I always credit them with saving our marriage because those first couple of years were so hard that sometimes I just thought about, like, shoot, I'm going home to my mom and daddy. <laughs> you know, so I think just to know that that was normal, kind of, was the best advice and really kept us committed and going on and going through. Yeah, for me, it was uh, having a second set of parents, so to speak, in the Brapsons, and, and they did give us a lot of great advice since they've been married so long, and they knew the ups and downs of marriage. Also, my my wife's father, I called him and talked with him about his daughter, and he said, well, let me tell you some things. She's spoiled. She's never had to, to want anything. She's gotten whatever she wanted. She hadn't had to deal with another person's personality and the things that you have to deal with when two people marry, because now it's not just you. You're dealing with another personality totally, and you have to get used to that. And uh, I said, she wants to come home, and he said, no. She has to learn that marriage is uh, has many sacrifices, and, and you guys have to work through it. What is your relationship like with your in-laws? I have the best in-laws ever that I could have asked for. Uh, you hear all of these different jokes and everything about mother-in-laws and stuff. Uh, always the comedians are talking about their mother-in-laws. You see stuff on TV, sitcoms and everything. Usually there's a bad relationship between the in-laws and you know the married people or whatever. But I have the sweetest in-laws. And they always treated me just like I was their own daughter and um, loved on me and still love me, and I respect them, and I really do appreciate them. And there are times when, you know, there are issues, and I would go before Mark's mom, and she would get on Mark about him, you know what I'm saying, if she thought that he was doing the right thing or whatever. So she's always been an advocate for me, and uh, like I said, just loved me as if I was her own. And I, too, also had a great relationship with my in-laws. The thing I liked about my father-in-law is, is he's a straight shooter, so to speak. He didn't hide his feelings. He talked to you and tell you how he felt. And her mom, she's the sweetest thing. Her mom was a, a, was a very quiet person, very, I felt loved from the, the whole family, mom and dad and my brother-in-laws and, and uh, sister-in-law, so... You know, I didn't have any problems at all with them, and uh, and I didn't, you know, and I made it a point not to give them any problems and just to help us work on our marriage as we grew older. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? I see myself being um, still physically fit so that I can travel and be in my bikini, sipping on <laughs> whatever drink I like in a warm, sunny place. And just enjoying my kids and my grandkids and feeling just free, not really working a job anymore, and just doing whatever I feel like I want to do. Same here. Just want to enjoy life to the fullest, uh, reap the fruits of our labor, and um, watch my grandchildren grow up and, 
and graduate from high school and college and just hopefully we can continue to travel. I plan on being still in good shape in the next 10 years. We don't have any hiccups, but yeah, I just want to enjoy the rest of the life and, and live it at its fullest. Black love is no different than any other love, but I chose to spotlight it because the image of Black people in America is of broken families and absent fathers. However, that's not everyone's story. I've been fortunate enough to grow up around several strong and long-lasting marriages. Not only are my parents still together after 41 years, but both sets of grandparents were examples as well. Both of these conversations remind me of what it was like as a newlywed and where I hope to be decades later. The rookies were focused on building their life together and setting goals for where they want to be later in life, while the veterans have done all that and are now enjoying the fruits of their labor. It's almost like listening to a timeline where I find my marriage to be somewhere in the middle. Traveling together seems to be some of the happiest times in both couples' marriages, and they both really seem to feel like love and marriage is something you must choose to be in and work on. Commitment is key. Doing life with someone is hard, but if you stick with it long enough, through good and bad, it will pay off in the long run. This is the 10th and final episode of season one of You Talk. In a few months, I'll be back with 10 new stories for season two. In the meantime, I'll be hosting some live Q&As on social media. Make sure you join us on IG and Facebook at You Talk 2020 so you can be part of these events. I appreciate everyone who's tuned in to hear these wonderful, insightful stories. You Talk is not about agreeing, but about listening and understanding. And I hope you did just that. If you love season one, leave us a review, and I hope you join me for season two. Grace and blessings. Thank you.